It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with, with Brett Ruff. Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yards, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. Incredible! Over and up, boy. Yeah, well, you're half right. This is amateur hour. This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. My new friend, my friend, just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't rushed. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Moving into a new year, 2024. Welcome to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. We've got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. At 46862, questions, comments, suggestions. Also coming up in minutes, we'll give you a chance to call in and be today's contestant for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. Don Fisher joins us then at about 520, 15 minutes down the road. We've got our 15 minutes with Fish. Of course, tomorrow night, Indiana will resume Big Ten play with a road trip to Nebraska. It's a, it's a much better Nebraska team than the one last year. So don't think that this is some kind of an easy start to Big Ten play. Every road game is a challenge in conference play. Ask Purdue. And we'll see if Purdue learns something in their loss to Northwestern because a very similar game tonight against Maryland. A team that's going to be pumped up, playing the number one team in the country. They get to host them. It's a conference game, so it means double, not only on your one-loss record as a, as a whole for the season, but your one-loss record in league play. And so, uh, Boilers better be ready for the Terrapins. You can almost throw out a lot of the non-conference. In fact, ask Virginia. Look what happened to the Cavaliers over the weekend. Went into South Bend, took on a Notre Dame squad that has been mightily struggling, to say it kindly, during the season. And Notre Dame walloped Virginia by like 22 points. Scored 76 on a Virginia defense. Yeah, we were talking about it a little during the break. It was a very kind of surprising win uh, in that much of a dominant fashion over Virginia. Speaking of Notre Dame, have they got a quarterback controversy? How's this going to sort out? Are we going to see Steve Angeli in the transfer portal? I mean, the guy put on a show. If it was an audition for another team, he put on a pretty good audition. Nice resume with the game he had against uh, Oregon State. Now, I know there were a lot of backups on the field for Oregon State, but it still doesn't take away a 15 of 19 performance for 232 yards, three touchdowns for Steve Angeli. Uh, running the football, Notre Dame had uh, Jadarian Price, of course, without Audric Estime. Price got 13 carries for 108 yards. Notre Dame overall rushed for 269 yards. They threw for 232, just total domination of Oregon State. And uh, Oregon State got a late touchdown to avoid the shutout. And a borderline touchdown. I mean, that was yeah. a heck of a play to get a foot in and uh, get the score late. But uh, Notre Dame ends up routing Oregon State in the the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. They're great. They're great. 
um, Did you see so, all the uh, all the Pop Tart Bowl memes with the Pop Tart mascot that that went in, came out, and everybody got a chance to eat the Pop Tart. Yeah, yeah, that it was, was silly, right? <laughs> I thought it was fun, but it, I guess fun. Okay. Have a little fun. Um, it was good for social media exposure. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, Pop Tarts got their money. Oh worth. yeah, they figured out how to use the sponsorship to its fullest. Absolutely. Credit to their marketing department because so many times marketing departments fail in stuff like this. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, I made a comment yesterday. I said whoever bought the second half of uh, Washington, Texas, <laughs> deserves a refund because half the country is going to be going to bed before they get to the second half. It was 11 o'clock mm-hmm. in the East Coast, East Eastern time, 11 o'clock, and they had not started the second half. Oh, that's far past your bedtime, Brad. Oh, my gosh. I was straining to try to stay awake. But, you know, when I got money on the line. Oh, yeah. That'll keep you up. Got a little uh, something, something. You know, whenever I got three bucks on the line, I got to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> three bucks. That three bucks could turn to six and a half real oh, quick. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't going to miss my chance. Yeah. Only high money rolling here. At oh, the sports yeah. Rush. Yeah. I, uh, you know, everybody talks about units. You know, they're betting units. Sure. They're going to put... I put three units on that game last night. <laughs> I was going to, that's like uh, the slot machine. You yeah. put in a dollar and you got a choice to, to play the one or the three dollars. Three dollars gives you, you know, all the bigger bonuses and stuff. Yeah, I I pulled the handle <laughs> last night. I went for three. You mad, man. Big bet uh, for that parlay. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you're going to win two and a half times your money, you might as well invest some serious cash. So yeah. I dropped, I dropped all of three bucks on that one last night, <laughs> and then I, then I was stupid enough to actually stay awake and use that as the excuse. <laughs> Gotta stay awake. I see if my bet hits. Oh yeah, nothing more than some ego, just some self gratifying ego last night. That's all. That's why. That's why I stayed up and watched it. it. Had nothing to do with the money. I just wanted to know that my bet won. <laughs> Oh, speaking of winning, do we want to do we want to give a, a, a listener a, a chance to win a large pizza? Uh, you know, it's about that time. I think we could do that. Uh, by the way, I wasn't here last time we had a show on a Tuesday. No, I think Nolan got the win though. Did he play? Yeah, he played. Okay, I couldn't add it to your record. Obviously, it's his record. No, it's his record. But he's two and zero. Really? Yeah, two and zero for Mister Nolan. Uh, well, I'll have to see if I can uh, get a victory then. I got to keep the streak alive. Yeah, let's go ahead and take a caller, 447-8500, if you want to play today with Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. It's your chance to win a large pizza at a pizza hut. Uh, just give us a call right now, 447-8500, area code 260. That is our phone line here to the studio. Pacers Bucks, man, I'll tell you what, that's a, this is getting to be a fun series. Last night, Pacers with a come-from-behind win. And uh, they rolled in that fourth quarter. They dominated the Bucks in Milwaukee. And at Fiserv, the Bucks had won like 15 straight games. Pacers snapped that streak. Pacers also knocked the Bucks out of the in-season tournament. And then, of course, the last time the Bucks beat the Pacers, Giannis wanted the basketball, and he thought the Pacers had taken it. Oh, so this is becoming quite the rivalry. Yeah, he and, did. And it's Tyrese Halliburton's home state, too, which adds a little bit more to it. And the fun thing is not only last night did we have a fun, heated game between these two, but they get to play again in Indianapolis tomorrow night. Oh, man. And uh, guess what? We've got coverage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got Pacers, Bucks tomorrow night, 630, right here at 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Ready to get back to the swing of this thing? 
Oh, yeah. Start the new year undefeated. Let's see what we've got. We've got a caller on the line ready to play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. Who's this? JR. JR. How are you, man? Oh, doing good, sir. How are you? Uh, doing real well. Have a good new year. No, so far so good. All right, well, pizza, so that's good. <laughs> let's uh, let's see how it goes today. It's Tuesday time capsule trivia. Do you know how to play? Oh yeah. And have you played before? Yeah, yep, I have. And what's your record? Uh, I think we're one and one. One and All one. All right, a little okay. tiebreaker Ooh. here. Tiebreaker. It's a challenge. Yeah. Like a let's, rubber match. I gotta get. <laughs> let's get going. Yeah, I gotta do my mental <laughs> preparation. Go, Adam. It's time for Tuesday time capsule trivia on the Sports Rush. All right. Clue number one. In this year's World Artistic Gymnastics Championships, your men's all-around champion was Dmitry Belazarchev of the USSR. Okay, JR, I don't know if this is one of your big sports, but uh, you get the option to play or pass on this, and we alternate from here on out. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll play. What do you got? Uh, 1967. Uh, I'm going to say I I think that's a little bit more of a of a more modern sport. I'm going to go a little more recent than that. I'm going to say where what country was he from? He was from the USSR. That's a hint for you. Yeah, USSR. So that does take it back. Um, I will say. If you're going to throw USSR in there, I'll go 1979. All right, going on to clue number two here. We're going to Australia, the Victorian Football League. Brett, the West Coast Eagles and the Brisbane Bears joined the league in this year. What league? The Victorian Football League of Australia. Uh, um, I'll say uh, 1987. Oh my goodness. Victorian Football League fan Brett in the house. <laughs> if there's anything I know nothing about, it's Australian football. Oh, JR, I just oh. stole one from you because I had no idea. I got to be honest. I really didn't know. I just throwing a year out. Um, I figured the faster I threw it out, the faster you could embarrass yourself. And then I ended up getting it right. Uh, JR, appreciate you calling in. Always appreciate you listening. If you stay on the line, we'll get you hooked up with that large pizza to Pizza Hut. So stay on the line here. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Adam, I uh, deprived you of a few of your hard working clues that you had uh, prepared. 1987, huh? That, that is the year. I don't, um, even, I don't even know. I looked down and saw 67, and I was going to guess in the 80s and just threw you out. You saw the 7. I there. literally, I mean, if everybody thinks I knew anything about that, you're completely wrong. Oh, I had no idea. It's a highlight play, though. Man. So, yeah, the last three clues for today. Uh, twins pitcher Joe Necro is suspended for 10 days for possessing a nail oh, file. Now, oh, that would have narrowed it down within two or three years. Sure would have. Uh, this year's Fiesta Bowl for the previous year's season, the Penn State Nittany Lions won 14 to 10 over the Miami Hurricanes for the oh. national championship. Uh, top song this year was "Walk Like an Egyptian" by the Bengals. Love that song. 
And uh, I, I can tell you this, I'd have had it on the song. You would have had it on Walk Like an You edition. know why? Because I was playing that song yep. when I had the club jumping. DJ Brett getting yep. the club yep. jumping. when I was had the club jumping over in Rockford, Illinois. Last clue was in this year's Super Bowl for the previous like year. The Giants won 39-20 over the Broncos. Your MVP was Phil Simms. Mr. Bangles over there. All right. Better quit. We got to get to Don Fisher. Gosh, I hope he's not listening right now. That would be so embarrassing. He's going to come on with the guy that's in the background humming away on Walk Like an Egyptian. Uh, all right, so we will uh, we will take a break. Don Fisher is coming up on the other side. You're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. A reminder coming up right after our show at 6 o'clock, we join the Purdue Radio Network. It's time to get back to Big Den play for the rest of the season. And the Boilermakers with a tough road challenge to start 2024. They are on the road at Maryland tonight. Now, I'm telling you, don't look at the records. This is conference basketball on the road. No game is a gimme. Trust me, these are going to be difficult games regardless of who you play. If you play them at their place, it's going to be a challenge. And as good as Purdue is and and what Maryland has been so far this year, uh, don't go by anything you've seen through the first couple of months of the season. It should be a fun one tonight. We've got all your coverage of Purdue basketball starting at 6 o'clock, tip at 7, as the Boilermakers take on the Maryland Terrapins. Of course, every week at this time, we are joined by the voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. You can always listen to Hoosiers basketball on our sister station at 92.3 FM, Whoa. Radio, only on the FM frequency at 92.3 FM. Tomorrow, the Hoosiers hit the road. They'll take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And joining us is legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster Don Fisher. Well, Don, it gets real now. Coming up tomorrow night, the Hoosiers start Big Ten play for the rest of the season, and they will be taking a road trip to Nebraska. And before they uh, start 2024 with Big Ten play. They finished 2023 non-conference. It was the Malik Renu show. And uh, what a performance he had against Kennesaw State. And with 17 threes from the visitors, the Hoosiers needed every bit of it to get a win over the Owls. Well, they really did. Um, they played three games since last we talked. And obviously they played a, a rather interesting and, and not so exciting uh, game against Morehead State the last time, the, uh, or just shortly after the last time we talked, and barely won the ball game that was coming off the Kansas loss, and, and they didn't have any energy and played pretty poorly in that ball game and actually won it by a single point, 69-68. to 68. Then beat North Alabama with their biggest point margin of the year, a 17-point win and a game that they kind of walked away with. But then that Kennesaw State game, as you point out, they score 100 points in the game. Now, the offense was spectacular. They had 61% shooting from the field. They had six players score in double figures. And, of course, Malik Renew, as you pointed out, was just spectacular. In fact, his last two ball games, he scored 25, actually three ball games, he scored 25, 25, 34 against Kennesaw State. Uh, and against... Uh, the game before against North Alabama, he knocked down four three-pointers in four tries. So 
he has been on a roll, and he had 34 points, 11 rebounds against Kennesaw. He had four assists on top of that, a block shot. Uh, just so really, really playing well. And I, I, I've stated this before. I think he's the most improved player on this roster from a year ago. Um, and he's and he's asserting himself at this point. But he had to do that a little bit because, obviously, Khalil Ware was not on the floor against Kennesaw State uh, out of that ball game with an injury. So uh, just from a pure perspective of what we saw offensively from Indiana the last two ball games, they've gotten the three-point shot going down. They were 50% in the game against North Alabama. They were forty, almost 48% in the game against uh, Kennesaw State this past week. Uh, obviously, they found their shooting touch a little bit. Hopefully that continues because consistency in that area is going to be a real critical factor, I think, in Big Ten play. I got to give some credit to Indiana, too, because I think they stuck to their identity. And I think sometimes it's tough when your opponent is launching 35 threes and making 17 of them not to get carried away and try to answer threes with threes. And I thought Indiana showed some discipline in shot selection. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and you're right. I mean, they, the problem is that they gave up 17 threes. <laughs> now, granted, the other team was shooting a ton of them, but you still got to get out on those shooters. And, and the Kennesaw State, uh, to their credit, they made things really difficult for IU just because they were knocking down those threes at a really pretty good clip. They hit almost 49% of their threes in that ball game. So you're looking at, a, at an Indiana basketball team that has shown that they can get stops uh, and get uh, three-point shots stopped, but they haven't done it consistently. And that may be one of the weaknesses that we've seen that some people will try to exploit in Big Ten play. And Nebraska would be another one of those teams, I think, that will try to do that because they, they take nearly 33-pointers a game themselves. So... It's going to be a challenge for this Indiana basketball team. They do, I think, I think that they will get both Xavier Johnson back this week for the first time in over a month because uh, he, of course, went out in that Harvard ball game back uh, in early December and hasn't played since, missing seven straight ball games. So they've played without their key point guard, their senior point guard, for all that period of time and still have done a pretty good job of winning basketball games. And then, of course, Khalil Ware did not play in the game against Kennesaw State. He was out with an illness, and I would expect that he will be back for the uh, Nebraska game as well. So they might have, a, the, for the first time in over a month now, have a, a full roster of players to call from. We're at that point in the season, I guess you could call it maybe the midway point, but this is the, the, the part of the season, like in football, let's say, you know, the silly penalties have to go away, the false starts, etc. when you get three, four games into the season. Uh, I kind of feel like in basketball, some of the, the silly turnovers or miscommunication or uh, unforced type of mistakes, uh, Hoosiers turned it over 18 times against Kennesaw State. Can't have those kind of turnover numbers in Big Ten play. No, you're absolutely right. If there was a negative in the uh, in the Kennesaw State game, it was two things. The turnovers, 18 of those, and missed free throws again. They only hit, uh, what, 21 of 33 in that ball game. That's just 64%, which is still not good enough. And they've, they've had their problems at the free throw line in games this year. It's been very inconsistent at that, uh, in, at the, at the stripe, uh, as we've seen in the past as well. So, uh, this is a team right now that still, I don't, 
think is playing up to 100% of their capability by any stretch of the imagination. I guess that's the good news because they're 10-3 and three not doing it that way. So at this point, you've got to be pleased with what you've seen to, to some degree, but there's still real question marks with this basketball team. And they're going to run into a really good Nebraska ball club that has really improved from a year ago. I think last year they were 16-16 and 16 on their season. Uh, they finished 9-11 and 11 in Big Ten play. Um, and right now they're 11 and two, uh, and they have really improved their ball club with a couple of transfers. A kid named Bryce Williams from Charlotte, who's leading them in scoring with 13.7 a game, and Rink Mast uh, is a big from Bradley University, 6'10", 248. Uh, this guy's uh, almost a double-double machine, 13 points and 9.9 rebounds a game is his averages. So they've improved greatly, and Fred Hoiberg may have his best team in his fifth year at uh, Nebraska. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's any doubt watching them play that they have improved, and they're a much better team. But, you know, it doesn't even matter. When you go on the road in the Big Ten, you expect yeah. a dogfight. That's exactly right. If you don't, you well, you've got to be ready for every Big Ten team. There's just no question about that. You can't take anybody lightly. Everybody in this league can beat you, and oftentimes they will if you're not ready to play. And I think that's one of the keys, I think, uh, for this basketball team, for Indiana. They have not been ready to play in every game that they've played this year. Uh, obviously, the Moorhead State game was a perfect example of that. Uh, a couple of other games in the early part of the season. They just did not have the same energy level that they played with like they played against Kansas or some of these other ball clubs. So you've got to have that on a game-in, game-out basis when you go into Big Ten play or your chances of winning are slim and none, and slim may have just left town. (laughs) Well, Don, it's a uh, tough week because not only do you get an improved Nebraska team on the road, but then an improved Ohio State team at Simon Scott Assembly Hall coming up on Saturday. That'll be a national Saturday night showcase game. So enjoy it. We'll look forward to the broadcast. Always appreciate you and I guess we'll move you back to Monday next week. Is that right? Yes, sir. All yep. right. We'll be back to Monday next week. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, Don. All right. That Thanks. is Don Fisher joining us here on the Sports Rush. Of course, it is our weekly 15 minutes with fish. Every Monday, normally at 5:20, we get Don Fisher, but because of the holiday, we bumped him over to Tuesday. He was kind enough to do that, and so uh, tomorrow night you can hear Don on the call of the Indiana Hoosiers, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Again, that's down the dial on our sister station at WoWo Radio 92.3 FM exclusively on 92.3 FM. We'll take a break. We're going to come back plenty more until we turn it over to Purdue at the top of the hour. They've got uh, their Big Ten game against uh, Maryland on the road tonight. And we'll join coverage right after we finish up at 6 o'clock right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy, and we've got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Always glad to have you as a part of this little afternoon extravaganza. Don't forget the Purdue Boilermakers do take on the Maryland Terrapins tonight in College Park. And, uh, well, actually, I think they play officially in D.C., but... Uh, it's uh, Purdue, Maryland tonight, and we've got your coverage starting with the pregame show right after the sports rush at 6 o'clock. And then coming up uh, tomorrow night, Pacers Bucks. That will be right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Meanwhile, the Indiana Hoosiers are on the road at Nebraska, and that will be 
on the dial where you find Hoosiers basketball. 92.3 FM. Whoa, whoa. 92.3 FM. Only the FM frequency. 92.3 FM tomorrow night. Certainly we'll be looking forward to seeing if Purdue can handle business against a Big Ten opponent that they have to go play on the road out on the East Coast. Take nothing for granted. No. Don't road do games in the conference are a different animal. Because number one, very few teams play road games. And so yeah, we, were, you know, we were looking at some of the power conference teams. And there's a number of them that go into January having just one home game through the first two months of the season. Or one away? Or one away game. You're good. One road game. And and so, uh, you know, and, and a lot of them, I think, the, the one road game they've got is probably one of those early conference games where they were forced on the road. Mm-hmm. They play everything at home. And uh, and so uh, let me just let me just get uh, some idea. Now, some teams, if they expect them to be really good and they want to give them some challenges, they'll take them on the road. Uh, looking here, uh, like, for instance, in the Big East Conference. OK, Providence is two and zero in the league. They're 11 and two overall. They've played one road game. Uh, you've got um, DePaul. They've not been good at home. They're, no. they're three and six at home, but they're zero and one on the road. Just one road game. And in fact, uh, I think that might have been a conference game. Uh, nope, they played uh, at Texas A and M. Gotcha. And uh, got beat eighty nine to sixty four. <laughs> Um, let's see. Creighton has played three road games, but, uh, Xavier's only played two road games. Butler's only had two road games. UConn's only been on the road twice. Um, if you, uh, look, uh, well, the Big Ten, let's, let's look at the Big Ten conference because, uh, a lot of them have played, a lot of the teams in the Big Ten have played at least a road game in the, uh, in the conference, because of the two conference games that many of them have already played. But, uh, yeah, IU, you know how many road games IU has played this year? Uh, one? One. Yeah. Northwestern, one. Penn State, one. Ohio State, one. Minnesota, one. By the way, you know where Minnesota played? At San Francisco. Oh. They played uh, like three or four days after the Dons played. Well, after the Mastodons played the Dons. (laughs) Uh, Purdue has played one road game. uh, And Michigan State has played one road game. So what happens is this is the first real experience for a lot of these players to go face hostile crowds. Um, You know, maybe that one road game was... uh, you know, was a preset opponent that they knew they, you know, wouldn't have a, a massive crowd or something. But this is where teams sometimes struggle early in January on the road in these hostile environments, conference games. Like we said earlier, they amp it up a bit because all of a sudden these games count double, not only on your overall record, they count in your conference record. So they mean more. And uh, and so it's tough. Uh, when you get into conference play to win on the road. So for Indiana going to an improved Nebraska squad and for uh, uh, for Purdue to go to Maryland, uh, Maryland at home 
You want to take a shot at what they are at home so far this year? Uh, You're sitting there looking at it. That's not fair. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I, I have their stats open, but not I, their, I, their I will, Okay, let me just tell you this. They've played eight home games. What do you think their record is? Uh, I'll go six and two. They are eight and zero at home. Oh, they have wrong. not lost at home. Wow. Uh, how many teams are undefeated at home so far in the Big Ten? Ooh, Maryland and how many others? Uh, three. One. Is it Purdue? It's Purdue that makes at sense. Mackey Arena. So the two teams that are unbeaten in their home records so far, the only two that are perfect at home, are playing each other, and it's at Maryland. Maryland's won five straight coming into the game against number one ranked Purdue, who has also won five straight games. But, uh, yeah, it should be a tough one for the Boilers. I'll take nothing for granted tonight. No, no. uh, Because Maryland's going to be ready to play. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. A lot of holiday hoops all over the state for our teams in the Fort Wayne area. And uh, from the Summit Athletic Conference, just a uh, a few of the highlights over the uh, the holidays. First of all, Bishop Lures improved to 8-1 and one on the season. They did suffer their first loss, but uh, got a couple of victories. One of those uh, wins was over uh, Hammond Morton. 76 to 57. Uh, and I'm trying to see Lures also. Uh, I think they won it. Yeah, they beat Lowell 83 to 38. Uh, Lures had dropped a game earlier to Northridge 54 52, but that's a really good Northridge team. Uh, also, looking around the SAC, um, some of the big matchups Zionsville Carroll. Zionsville won at 53 44. You had Hamilton Southeastern against Homestead, and the Royals beat the Spartans 48-38. Homestead lost in overtime to South Bend St. Joe, 68-62. Um, Snyder got a nice win over Merrillville, 61-59. Northside beat East Central, 57-49. Um, and what else do we have? I don't know. We've got oh, we've got a big game coming up Friday night. We sure do. We've got the uh, Northside Legends visiting the Wayne Generals this Friday night. Both teams right now two and zero in SAC play, and for Wayne, they're seven and two overall. Northside nine and three, the overall record. Two really good teams that will do battle out of Wayne High School this Friday night, and it's our Parkview Sports Medicine High School basketball game of the week. Don't miss it starting at 740 on Friday night. And then you're invited to join us at the Pizza Hut in Waynedale for the Parkview Sports Medicine postgame show featuring scores, highlights, coaches, interviews, and more. Uh, Adam and I will be joined by Eric Dute, Dute Kevich. I'll be back on the call this Friday night for Northside at Wayne with high school basketball and your high school sports leader, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Looking forward to that one as well. Uh, Talked about over the weekend uh, some of the basketball that I got to see, most of it at the Gates Center. Love the games at the Gates Center. You know, you get 1,000 to 1,500 fans, and it sounds like you got 10,000 just because of the the confines, how close everybody is to to the actual floor, the low ceiling, uh, it's exciting. And the Mastodons had two games that were almost mirror images of each other. 
I don't know if mirror images or copies or twins, but both games, they struggled early finding their shooting range. And so you had close games at halftime. One of them, I think the Dons were up by a point. The other one, uh, they were up by five at the half. But both games, they blew out the opponent in the second half, started hitting threes. I think against Northern Kentucky, the Mastodons hit almost 70% of their second half three-point tries and ended up getting the victory over the preseason favorite in the Horizon League, the Northern Kentucky Norse. And then they followed it up with complete second-half domination of Detroit Mercy, 57-27. Coach Kaufman brought up a good point about this team and about what he said at halftime because I asked him, I said that halftime speech against Detroit Mercy must have been a hell of a a hell of a talk. And he said, actually just said, keep doing what we're doing. The shots are going to fall. He said, but if we keep up our defensive pressure and intensity, we are wearing them down. We take a lot of energy out of teams because they have to protect the basketball. We hound every dribble. Uh, and he said, you could see that they were wearing down a little bit with our pace of play, with our defensive intensity. And he said, I knew that if we just stuck with what we were doing, eventually we would tire them out, and we've got a fairly deep bench. The Dons have been bolstered by the returns of Chris Morgan, who came back from concussion protocol. He's been cleared. He got a chance to play a couple of games this weekend. And then D'Angelo Ellise, who uh, got his uh, first minutes in Division One basketball on the court on uh, Sunday against Detroit Mercy. In fact, got his first bucket, and it was the biggest ovation from the crowd all night was when he scored late in the game. But he got a chance to kind of get his feet wet. He's still trying to get back into game shape. But uh, a big man at 6'8", 240 pounds, he's going to be a big help for the Dons in the post. But, uh, you know, the two teams that have beaten the Dons so far, they're 13-2 and overall. And the two losses are two similar teams, teams that have a lot of length. You know, San Francisco started a 6'8 point guard. Uh, and, and then you look at Pitt, and they had seven feet, 6'8", 6'8", 6'8", or 6'9", 6'8", 6'8", and then they had like a 6'2 point guard. And so uh, you look at two teams that had a lot of length and a lot of size, and for the Mastodons, they don't have that size. They're 6'8", in the middle. Then they dropped to like 6'4", super athletic Anthony Roberts. I mean, he's got a 46-inch vertical, but he is 6'4". Still has to take his shot over guys that sometimes are 6'8", 6'9". It's still not easy to get a shot off. Um, and then you've got 6'2", with Jalen Jackson, 6 feet with Rashid Bello, and 5'8", with Quint Morton Robertson. The Dons, one of the three shortest teams in the entire country. And so the area that they struggle the most, and it's going to continue to probably be uh, an issue all season long, is on the glass. They've got to be really good at box outs. Nobody can make a mistake because teams are going to crash the glass hard against the Mastodons, um, knowing that that's one of the advantages they have going into the game is size. Almost everybody they play is going to be a little bit bigger. But in the Horizon League, it's not quite as drastic as it was against teams like San Francisco and Pitt. And the Dons are the only team right now in the Horizon League that are perfect at this point. They're 4-0. Green Bay, how about the Phoenix? You know, when the Dons played the Phoenix in the first game of Horizon League competition back in, uh, what, late November, it was a four-point game. Mastodons won the game 75-71. 
at the time, a lot of people around the Horizon League, people that follow the Mastodons, thought that wasn't impressive enough. Green Bay is picked to finish last or next to last in the Horizon League. That's not a real good win to only win by four. You know what Green Bay has done since? Gone unbeaten. They're three and one now in the conference. And they beat Wright State. They beat Milwaukee. Those teams were picked to finish second and third in the league. Uh, so uh, Green Bay is starting to look like they're legit. Oakland, who the Dons crushed up in Oakland, they went on the road and knocked off uh, the hottest team in the Horizon League, Youngstown State, and beat them at Youngstown State, 88-81 on Sunday. And so uh, the Mastodons are the only unbeaten. Love to see it. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Yeah, we did get a quick text. They said they saw a stat that Maryland is 19 and 0 at home in their last 19. That is true. Uh they they went undefeated, I believe. Did they go undefeated last year at home? Yep, it says uh Maryland has won 19 straight home games, the fourth longest active streak in D1. The Terrapins won all 17 of their home contests spanning parts of two seasons in 2023. They actually, yeah, they did. They won all their 2023 calendar year games early in 20 or early in the 22-23 season. They did lose at home to UCLA, but then they bounced back and run the ran the table and won the rest. So they have not lost a league game, a Big Ten game, in uh, since the beginning of last season. I don't know how long the Big Ten streak goes, but I do know. Uh, they've not lost a big, they did not lose a Big Ten game at home last year. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the Boilermakers. Take nothing for granted. Uh, also, Colts with a big one coming up on Saturday. Yep, biggest game of the season. Yeah, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for a national broadcast on ABC and ESPN as the Colts take on the Houston Texans Saturday night. 815, and of course, as the home of the Colts on radio here in Fort Wayne, we'll be on the air with the pregame show slated for 730 on Saturday night. Uh, boy, it's can't be any bigger than this. In fact, for the Colts, the playoffs started Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. They've been uh, win or go home for a little bit now, I think. Yeah, I mean, if they'd have lost to the Raiders, they would be sitting out of the picture right now. They got the win against the Raiders. They're still holding on to a playoff spot if it were to end today. Uh, but uh, all that can happen as far as uh, the Colts is is bad because they could give up the spot they have right now by playing, and that's what they've got to do. they got to beat Houston on uh, Saturday night. And the Houston Texans, of course, with C.J. Stroud back. And uh, it's going to be a tough one. Man, is it going to be a tough one. But that, you know, that's what makes it fun. It's playoff football. That's really what it is. You know what this is like, this Colts game? It's like the NBA play-in. You know, those teams that finish 7, 8, 9, 10? Sure. Uh, that have to win a game against, head-to-head against somebody in that, that quadrant. Um, that's what this is. It's head-to-head, and they advance to the first round of the playoffs, which is basically what they do in the NBA, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Another timeout, and we'll come back with the wraps on this Tuesday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back. Final time to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump with Adam Lundy, and we were just talking about some of the bonuses that are being passed out to college coaches for... 
Bull wins. Now, I'm surprised. I saw a uh, report that Jim Harbaugh collected nothing for the win last night over Alabama. That he's already accumulated almost $2 million in bonuses, which I don't know if that's number one ranking, making the college football playoffs. I'm not exactly sure what the bonus money is attached to. But I saw where he's made almost $2 million in bonuses, but that last night's win earned him nothing. But here's the thing. Most coaches have some type of a bonus for winning a bowl game. And since that was still the Rose Bowl and counts as a bowl victory, shouldn't there be a bonus? I guess not. So 500000 for the Big Ten East title, $1 million for the Big Ten title, and 500000 for a college football playoff berth. A million for the Big Ten title. Not a bad gig if you can get it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good contract. (laughs) All right, well, that does it for us on a Tuesday. Coming up next, we've got the Purdue Boilermakers on the road at Maryland trying to hand the Terrapins their first home loss of the season. Coverage right here starts at the top of the hour. Thanks to Don Fisher for joining us for our 15 Minutes with Fish. Back tomorrow, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, will join us here on the Sports Rush. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.